Hello, you are watching or listening to the Mongols Podcast. I am your host, Diana Shadley, I am sadly on my own today. I haven't been able to get a hold of Jack Meister and my two co-hosts for a little while, so I think I'm just going to run this part of Giovanni as a little bit of a one-man show until uh, things blow over. By the way, uh, the coronavirus is uh, hitting pretty badly over here at my home in Ohio. We're getting up uh, into a lot of cases piling up. Thankfully, Mongolia is pretty well off. As far as I know, I uh, currently one case. Um, stay strong, all my viewers out there. Keep social distancing and keep washing your gosh darn hands. But anyways, I'm getting back to Giovanni for about the first time in like a month. Uh, we're going to start covering um, some st- uh, some the, uh, some stuff as uh, Jalal Din comes our dashing sedu- uh, seductive rogue. First off, we're looking here as uh, as Jalal Din is uh, fl- uh, fleeing towards uh, uh, fleeing uh, fleeing towards uh, fleeing towards the grids. Uh, he first. It's a very bad loss for Genghis Khan himself, and uh, and it was ally Amin, and I believe also his father-in-law actually gets killed, and Jalal flees in the woods with whatever he's left, and he keeps on getting attacked by a lot of people, and the Sultan of Delhi, uh, Shamzad Din, actually uh, hears of him and invi- and invites him over to dinner. This is definitely not a trap, actually, because he and because Jaladin gets a couple of friends, and he goes about his business as always. Sadly, the Mongols are still um, coming and raiding and fighting the Horizomids on several fronts, and there is some major resistance in modern-day Iraq against the Mongols, and there is a lot of desperate attempts to keep the morale high, because while well, the Mongols are doing a pretty good job at kicking their butts. So Jalal decides to make contact with whatever is left of this um, crumbling resistance, and he proposes marriage into uh, uh, proposes marriage into this rebellion, and so he gets, and so he starts uh, leaving uh, Turkey, and as he heads to Isfahan, he. And he gets another recruit to his cause to keep the Mongols at bay, Kilij the Turk. And then he hears that his uh, brother Rukin Adin is nearby, and he meets him halfway out of... Uh, and the, the two only meet halfway. And, well, needless to say, Jalal decides to uh, do a prank and sort of a sort of revenge, and pranks and pranks the guy by dressing in Mongol garb and attacking. Not exactly a nice thing to do to your brother, but okay. <laughs> and meanwhile, they the rebellion tries. To, and meanwhile, the rebellion under Jaladin's uh, leadership stabilizes, and uh, they advance on Baghdad. And. Uh, and Jaladin continues his uh, lady-seducing ways by uh, marrying uh, Suleiman Shah's sister. And the Caliph does not listen to him, unsurprisingly, because, well, the Abbasids are kind of like the Pope. They'll just keep on... But anyway, so the... Anyways, while the Caliph doesn't listen to him, he gets a challenge from this guy by the name of Kush Tamur. Who is of course amongst the Mongols, and Jalal Din manages to win. And then he attacks Tabriz. He um, and he gets a message from a hot girl by the name of Malika. And while well, Malika is like, "Hey, if you marry me, I will basically hand you the keys to the city," which um sort of works. He takes Tabriz in short order. He gets the girl. Everything goes rather smoothly. And then, after Tabriz is seized, uh, Georgia attacks because they want to make the place a bit more Christian. But Jaladin isn't having that shit, so he wrecks the ever-living heck out of them. And then he returns to Tabriz in triumph, and he marches back into Georgia to meet uh, Kizmalik, who is the queen of Georgia. 
and then he and then there's uh and then the sultan uh, and then there's a sultan nearby he actually um mutilates um two people shava and no actually correction uh, Jalal mutilates uh, shava and Ivain before ismail uh prior to executing them kind of as a and kind of as a way to just intimidate them. Nonetheless, the Georgians again rise up to fight him, and now they just simply cannot fight him anymore, and Kismalik is forced to peace, and uh, there's a lot, and the Georgians are forced to dump their treasury, there's a lot of villages and churches destroyed all around uh, their uh, capital Tiflis, and then uh, but then Jalaluddin gets word that there's a rebellion, and he go- marches back to Iraq really quickly, crushes the rebels. The Georgians apparently didn't learn their lesson and attacked again. And they, and then Jalal walks back to them and wrecks Georgia. And then the Mongols come back into town because, well, why not kick up Jalaluddin while they're at it? And Jalal tries to rally everybody with a very inspiring speech, but nobody really uh, rallies to him. And he decides to try to fight, but he gets his butt kicked. And then he loses while and the Mongols raid. And then Jalal Din, while he's being kicked down, uh, hears that Georgia decided to call up a bit of a pseudo-Avengers squad on him, consisting of them of the Georgians themselves, the Seljuks, um, um, Ayyubid Syria, and Armenia to just simply kick him down. And Jalal, after the Mongols have raided him, is pretty short on supplies, so he decides to go for some of the gutsiest moves that he can think of. And he notices this impo- and the supposedly impossible pass that no that nobody's thinking of while and the Allied army's passing through, and he goes straight through that pass because he's a boss like that. And he shows up on the side of that pass where nobody wants him to be, and he kicks Bob, and the and the army's wrecked, and then he goes back home. And he uh, goes back home, and he stops at the city of Aklath. He tries to get the city to submit to him, but they refuse, and he he lay, but they refuse, and he lays siege and calls up the Seljuks and the Ayyubids to for a negotiation. But the negotiations are broken down because Aklath, over which I believe is over in modern day Syria, it's starved, stormed, and sacked. Then there's an, an an assassination attempt on him, and but it's a Mac fail. And then Jalal continues to do his seductive ways and actually sleeps with Evane's uh, daughter. Kind of weird that you waited for the guy's death and then hooked up with his daughter, but okay. Anyways, they have a pretty good night over in Damascus, and then. And there's another city, uh, and then um, another city by the name of Malik Ashraf that's plundered, and then there's a lot more fighting with between Jalaluddin and the Seljuks and the Ayyubids, and then the Mongols attack again, but they can't find him, and then um, Jalaluddin uh, is checking his email list, and he's uh, finding that his buddy Yuldasuchi um, has a very interesting accusation. Because apparently Yuldasuchi is trying to get in on Jalal's action with his harem. Of course, uh, Jalal tosses out the accusation because Yuldasuchi is his friend. And then Jalal goes to Diyarbakir, he fights the Mongols, and then he disappears just, <clears throat> just as quickly as he came. And then the Abbasids call out some really bad life practices, hardly surprising when the Mongols are running around racking everyone. Kind of hard to be a that morally upstanding with the Mongols running around. And uh, unfortunately, most of these bad life practices um, keep on apparently coming from Jalal's army, and the Caliph, unsurprisingly, is blaming this on why um, the Khwarezmids aren't winning like they used to. 
And then there's a surprise Mongol attack on Jalaluddin. It kind of fails. And then there's another assassination attempt on him in the Amin Mountains by, I believe, the... Uh, by, I believe, the Kurds. Uh, but... Uh, thankfully, the guy stabbed was a fake. And then the and then there's uh, and then there's a major feuding between this one guy by the name of Yamin Malik and the Gurs. And this is just as the Mongols walk in, so you can all expect how well this is gonna go. And then there's and and, and as that's going, there's a rebellion in Ghazna. That's about modern day Afghanistanish. And and it's and and this and this region is actually ruled at the moment by the two guys, uh, by two uh, by uh, by two guys. I believe uh, it's Razi Al Muk and Umdat Al Muk, and they rule Ghazna. And they're preparing to fight. Uh, and they're and this is all happening as they're as they're in the. No, Razi Al Muk is the rebel, and he's going against Umdat. And there, and this is just as Umdat is preparing to fight Saif ad-Din, who is the ruler of Peshawar. Unfortunately, uh, Razi's rebellion uh, goes about as well as your normal hippie party, and he's defeated and killed. And then Umdat uh, besieges Kabul, and he captures it just as Jalal is in town trying to flee the Mongols again. Because why not? And and he get, and Yamin Malik and Igrak and, and Yamin Malik and the and Saif Adim finally decide to put aside their differences and join Jalal against the Mongols, and the Mongols pursue Jalal and and he advances on Parvan, and and meanwhile the Mongols are just wrecking Ghazna very brutally. But Jalal isn't exactly done with them yet. He actually manages to defeat the Mongols. And then there's a bit of a dispute over the booty. And Saif Adin decides to actually just straight up leave the party for Ningrahar. And... Uh, and and then shortly after that we hear of this guy by the name of... Uh, Nunjandar and this guy doesn't like Saif Adin very much, but they um, sort of have a mutual friend in the form of Azam Malik who goes to negotiate. And Saif Ad, uh, and the meetings arranged. Saif Adin unfortunately attacks the Nun uh, Nun drunk, which doesn't go for very well, obviously, because all well, uh, Nun's bodyguards actually intervene and. They and they cut down the Saif Adin, and then Noon is cut down fairly shortly after. I think that's a different assassination attempt there. The coalition's just simply scattered because the Mongols come in town and they're led by uh, Tekachuk. And then um, Sultan Muhammad's mom is uh, briefly mentioned here, and she and that's Terakan Hatun of the. Ka of Kangli, she's she favors, uh, of course, her people of all else. They're in a fairly privileged position because of her, and well, Jumaini obviously believes that uh, she doesn't deserve, uh, they don't deserve it, and there's a uh, way too much partying while ever, everything is going to eventually go wrong because you know Mongols, and 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 then. Um, And then the and and then Terakan is instructed to go to the city of Mazandaran with um with Muhammad Sultan's harem and they throw and they throw some local rulers into the Oxus and then they and then uh, Subaday happens to be in the area and he he decides to lay the siege to wherever Terakan Hatun to Mazandaran and. Terkin is very quickly captured and taken to Talakan. The boys that are there in the harem are killed, and Terkin continues to uh, mourn her son Muhammad, and she lives in Karakoram for about the rest of her life.
which is up until about uh, 12.30. Not too shabby. I managed to outlive the guy who actually killed your son, basically. And then she has, and then, and her daughters kind of managed to go on to actually marry into the Chagatides and uh, the Ilhanate. And then there's another uh, one of Jalaldin's brothers I introduced here uh, by the name of Gias Ad-Din. And he is unfortunately rejected by uh, Shusha Ad-Din uh, Abdul Kazim of uh, Juvenir, but he still gets food and then he tries to and and then he try and then he goes to Iraq and he kicks and sacks a city or two and he, and then he and then he uh, meets up for lunch with uh, one guy by the name Muzaffar Adin and Jalal comes in on the meeting and Gias um swears allegiance to his brother and then he visits with uh, Malik Nusraf and 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 stamps uh, and then he. Stabs Nusrat and disappears for a week, but then he's uh and then he's pun punished and then he leaves Jalal again. It's just clearly that Jalal keeps on running out of allies and resources as usual, and this is all a ride around the city of Isfahan and then they and then they visit Almut and then they get a package from the caliph over in Baghdad. And then, and then they're, but then they have to uh, leave uh, for Kuzistan, quite a distance away. And then they, and then they meet up with this one, uh, one guy uh, by the name of Barak um, on on the way, uh, who wants to actually uh, marry Tarek and Hatun. But she, and then, and then she says no, no. Wait, uh, Gias's mom, not uh, Terkanatu, my bad. And then, Ter and then Gias's mom says no, and then she decides to take it back. They get married, and then uh, Baruka gets betrayed by his servants. And uh, but and every but everything in the betrayal goes wrong, and uh, both Gias's mom and Baruch actually just straight up die. And then there is another revolt going around right around this time, and. Uh, um, specifically in the whatever's left of the Korsamids, and Rukin Adin actually manages to uh, uh, crush that, and then they get, uh, and then they get some major, uh, and then they get, uh, and then they hold a uh, uh, hold a bit of a very rowdy party over in Isfahan, about one thousand die, and then the Mongols show up. And uh, Rukinadin is actually put to death. And then they elaborate, and then Giovanni goes to elaborate on where Baruch is from, for whatever reason. Uh, specifically from. No, wait, this is a different guy. So Barak Haj is from Karakitai, and he's actually the ambassador to Muhammad, and he. And he became uh, Kutlu Khan to Yas to, and then he goes off to Jiruft and Kumai, and then he and kicks, uh, uh, and then he kicks a local group known as the Tazils, and then news of Jal but then Jalal arrives and. And, and then they're go, and then uh, Jal wants to go on a hunting trip, but Barack is like, "Nah, I'm a little, I'm a little sick. Actually, that was treason." And then Jalal uh, call, um, calls up Barack. It's like, "Hey, yo, are we going on that hunting trip?" And then he's like, "But I have conquered lands to manage," and everybody's like, "Really, <laughs> really." And then, and, and then Baraka converts to and, and wait, actually my bad. So yeah, Barak, So he converts to Islam, and he and this is as he's become a Kutlu Khan, and then, uh, 
the Sel- and then I believe the Sultan, uh, the Seljuk Sultan, uh, besieges uh, Ziranj. He tries to collude with the Mongols. Then uh, there's another Rukunad. Then uh, here's uh, Baruch's death as he goes to be Baruch's ambassador. And he's showered with gifts. Then Kutubad Din wants uh, Rukin's lands, but he is blocked. And then uh, Rukin decides to change career paths and and starts uh, serving Guyuk. And then once Guyuk kicks the bucket after a very short reign, uh, he starts serving Monka. And then, unfortunately, he is attacked by heretics while seeking Monka. But he manages to survive that, and then he visits Hulegu, because why not? And then he... And he lives mostly peacefully, dying in 1258. And then they talk about uh, the governor of Khwarezm, who is uh, of the Mongol parts of Khwarezm. And this guy is uh, Chin Temur, and he's from the Karakitai Hanate. And she works with this one guy by the name of Shormakhan, and they for a little while, but unfortunately, a rebellion cuts their uh, little friendship short. And this is a rebellion by the Turks, and Chim Temur is not pleased. He promptly crushes them, and then he gets the allegiance of another guy who happens to be uh, Giovanni's dad. And everything is pretty generally peaceful for a little while. And he has this buddy, um, Malik Baha Adin. He gets gifts from him. And uh, Juvani's dad is appointed Divan, and this is going to be actually very important to Juvani's own history because this title keeps on carrying throughout uh, Juvani's family. And Chin Temur then, shortly after uh, appointing Juvani's dad, uh, uh, Divan slash banker, uh, dies in 1235. And then in his place, um, the next uh, the next leader is appointed. This guy's pretty old. His name is uh, Nozal. And Baha then has been hanging around, and he actually argues with another guy by the name of Mahmud Shah. And Monka is and Monka as a young guy. He's there. He tries to mediate between the two. Doesn't really uh, get anywhere. And Nozal is not happy, so Korgus is called up to try to help things around, and then they elaborate on uh, Korgus's backstory. He's from the Uyghurs, and he unfortunately lost his dad and was neglected by his uh, by his stepmom and his uh, new st- uh, stepdad, and then he goes straight to the Idikut, the leader of the Uyghurs, and he gets some land, and he gets an education, which is pretty good. And he initially doesn't have too many connections to help him out, but his dad's cousin then jumps in, and and he and he get, manages to get a job application over to uh, Batu Khan. And then he is... And Batu is impressed, and... Uh, and then... I believe, uh, and then I believe he is appointed to instruct some, instructs, uh, and then he, after some education with uh, another guy by the name of Tushi, he is made secretary. And then he accompanies uh, Chin Temur for a little while, and then he waits upon Monko for a little bit, and then he's in Coruscant, unfortunately, when uh, Chin Temur dies. And then he's accompanied by many of the leading men of the area, and then there's a lot of taxation, there's a census going around because, hey, the governor just died and we need a new governor to get the data right. And then there's, and then they have another guy running around here over in Batu's hand, he's not exactly, and he's, and he was falsely accused, this guy's name is Sheriff Adin, and 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 he is charged falsely for uh, I believe uh, colluding with uh, Giovanni's dad, 
Then there's a, and then he brawls with uh, Korgus and is unfortunately humiliated by Edgu Temur. The support for him goes to uh, another little place called Bokara. And then uh, there's another guy here, uh, Kublot, he, uh, uh, Cool Bolot. He's um he's unfortunately stabbed in public, and then. Things are just going really terribly here. And then there's... Uh, and then Korgus uh, gets... And so Ego Timur is kind of a little... Salty about... Uh, about Cool Bullot's death, because well, it's kind of not great when your buddy gets stabbed in public. But the Amirs try to mediate on this issue, and then they, and they say, "Well, um, Korgus and uh, Egu Temur, um, you kind of have to um, spend spend time together and increase your friendship to uh, not murder each other." And then the case is sent over to Batu while they're trying to uh, get all the weird friendship stuff to happen. But then uh, another. But then the guy who receives the message uh, before Batu to send it onward, uh, Chin Kai, I believe, uh, he wants the case to go back to Monka because, well, I guess, why not? And then Egu Timur uh, goes back to Korgus and the Kang, for as sort of a way to sort of resolve the issue. And then Korgu, but then Korgus is sworn to back off, and he, and most of, and most of the stuff is just resolved, and then Juvani's dad uh, welcomes everybody back to, um, hey, um, the the argument's resolved, right? There, good. And then there's some more gifting, and there's some argument over taxes, but otherwise everything's going along pretty well, and then. Uh, See if Tus is actually built by Korgus, and he's and then they try to set up the sheriff Adin, and then he and then they have another guy, Tamor Tamor Elchi. He is trying to spy on spy on sheriff, and this is just as I believe Ogadai uh, dies of alcoholism, so. Things are not going to go well, and then there's a little bit of a dispute with uh, somebody from uh, Changatai's domain, and then and then the Korzumids actually, and then Kors, and then Korgus actually backs off. He plans to uh, set up with Sharaf, but unfortunately, uh, uh, with Sharaf to continue his uh, a little bit of diplomacy while he. While he talk, while he talks with some Mongol officials, I believe from Ogadai's, I believe from Ogadai's place, Mongols unfortunately bring him in, and he's put and he's and he's put on trial by Torajin, who is of course uh, who's Ogadai's wife, and he and she blames Korgus for. Um, not listening to Ogadai properly and not exactly helping with uh, Ogadai's rampant alcoholism death. And he is. And he gets killed in a really brutal fashion. Basically, stones are chucked down his throat until he dies. As usual, the Mongols don't play around. <laughs> then they have another guy, uh, Azil. He. That guy's uh, starved to death, and 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 then I believe uh, they have another guy here, Argun. He actually gets uh, education, which is pretty rare for him, considering that he's of the Orats. They're not exactly all that rich. 
that's um, if you're wondering a uh, against trap. So they're not exactly in the best of states after uh, right around the time that Ogodai dies because they lost their queen and there's a lot of and there's great slaughtering the Orads. The Orads are just not in good shape, obviously. And they're in and Car and, and he's in Karakitai during uh, Torajin's uh, purge of Korgus and several of the other Mongol officials running around. And he's uh and he's just, and Giovanni actually describes him of having pretty good character and he opposes some bad taxes from Sharaf and 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 he and he would decide to take a trip to Tus to probably oversee what uh Korgus had done with the place. As well Sharaf dies, so I guess the dispute is somewhat resolved. But unfortunately, uh Argun, I <laughs> One the local the local leader here he and and then Arguna here he ends some illegal taxes, and he comes to the cruel tide to as uh, Guyuk succeeds his father, Ogadai. He gets some land and he man and to manage and a passport. Much as any Mongol uh, official does. And then he and then they are. And then another guy around here uh, by the name of Koja Fakir Adin, Behisti replaces Sharaf, and then there's messaging uh, back in Tus. And the uh, messaging uh, says, um, uh, and we have some stuff that we can send her to Tabriz for the fall. And then they hear about another. About uh, Mangu Bolad, the, that's uh, about the artist Mangu Bolad, who is favored by Karak Noyan. And then there's some collusion for more stuff, because why not at this point? And Argun looks in and goes from goes from Tabriz. He's accompanied by Javani's dad and Koja Fakir in Coruscant, and then they tell this, and then they tell Eljigate uh, uh, what's going on, and they find Mengu Bulad lying about, uh, mm, uh, um, mm, mm, lying about some Damascus steel, which is really hard to lie about. So I wonder why the heck you're lying about making it. And he's exposed, and he's uh, uh, sent by Nazaruddin to. Nazara then to Monka and then in the meantime there's some more tax problems and Monka being the upstanding guy that he always is uh, decides to try to fix the tax problem and then there's a census and uh, and, and Kublai, Hulegu, and Arik Boke are appointed to uh, help carry that out that's a lot of nepotism right there because um Monka decide uh, because Monka is basically appointing uh, his three brothers to carry out that census, regardless of the fact that regardless of whether they're capable or not, just because well, hey, they're my brothers. And I believe this is shortly after Guyuk's death. So actually, uh, Monka just gets free reign to do whatever the frick he wants. And then they appointed. Uh, and then uh, they go to, over to Argun. His job is kept, and there's a lot of gifts and passports given along the way while the census is being taken. The officials are appointed. Lots of good stuff is happening. One thing that isn't exactly great is uh, Giovanni's dad is kind of getting a bit old, but otherwise things are fine. And then the, he meets with Hulegu over in the city of Kish, and they have a little bit, and then there's a budding uh, bromance between uh, Giovanni's uh, uh, dad and uh, Koja Fakir over the census. And, and then, unfortunately, Koja Fakir dies, which isn't great. But um, Hulegu is in charge right now at the moment, and he decides to uh, expand the Ilhane, because why not? 
I've got this land. I'm a Mongol. I'm supposed to expand. That's just kind of how the world works. And then there's a, and then there's a little bit of prose about the Muhammad Sultan. And uh, and and Sharaf has been prosing about it while trying to apparently conceal his gayness. So weird. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's some more conquering. And they have a buddy there by the name of Chin Temur. He knows some Turkish. And then, uh, and then there's a brief rebellion over Khorasan. Doesn't take very long to crush. And then uh, Edgu gets uh, Edgu Temur gets uh, the job of Giovanni's dad for a short little while. And this is still acting against uh, whatever Korgu still has left around. But things don't go too well for Edgar Tamor because uh, his he his best friends get bastinadoed, which is basically a really brutal execution where you where you basically just keep on getting whacked with a thin stick until you die. That's not great. <sighs> and the truth is leaked to I believe Almonka, uh, and the walls close in for a sh for a Sharaf uh, for, for Sharaf's friends, and he's placed in the Kang, and he confesses to doing some to frauding taxes and all that jazz, and he is is merely imprisoned. And then, but he does have, but he does still have one friend by the name of his one of his still friends, uh, Mahmud Shah. So that's going just fine for him. And they argued with Korgus for a little while back. Which, and that argument was cut off when uh, Hattorjian went after Korgus and had him executed by shoving a lot of stones down his throat. And meanwhile, uh, Argun's also in charge and there's a new tax. But Argun and he decided to Enrich himself with these taxes. Basically, um, take a whole bunch of them, send them down the line before uh, Monka picks them up, and then. Um, but the people are unfortunately suffering because they don't have too many, too much money after taxes. And then, unfortunately, um, uh, but fortunately for the people, uh, uh while he's not taxing, unfortunately he. Just randomly dies, and then there's a little bit of Giovanni proposing about, "Hey, you fraud the taxes. Karma comes and gets you." And then he praises to God, and then and 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 then they're and then they're talking a little bit about some of the early sta stages of of what happened to uh, Tolui's dom uh, uh, domain shortly after his death. Um, Sorkotani actually, Sorkotani takes over after, uh, Tolui dies of alcoholism, and then, and she keeps on, and, and she runs things pretty well, she punishes some evil tax collectors, and then the laws are, no, and then mo laws are mostly kept throughout, uh, Ogodai's reign, and then well into Guyuks. And then, she, unfortunately, some... And passports and decrees are withdrawn for a little bit under Greek, but then Monka restores everything in the Tolui Revolution, and he issues some uh, issues some decrees about uh, 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 issues some decrees, and the nurses uh, protect Sorkotani as. Uh, as her son fully ascends to the rightful throne, and then and then uh, they have this one guy Bachman. He's facing off against Bachman. He's facing off against the against the invasion of Russia, and of course in Russia they have. Uh, 
against the Mongol invasion of Russia, and well, the and unfortunately, the Kipchaks, uh, some of his buddies, they are ambushed and just absolutely wrecked. Bachman is very quickly bisected uh, shortly thereafter, and then there's some and then there's some uh, divine right of Hans. If God was with you, you wouldn't be losing to the Mongols. Respect the order of the Khan. Blue Heaven wills it, and then. And, and then the cruel ties is, is being assembled because this is also very early Monka reign. He's trying to secure himself right after Guyuk just died. And the cruel ties assembled. Batu decides to speak for Monka to try to get him on the throne. Monka at least initially refuses because he's like, I'm not worthy of this. Guess this is the part where he's trying to pull a weird Cincinnati sort of thing here. But then eventually he's, and then he's convinced, and he's uh, and he's reaffirmed and crowned Khan, and then he, and and then uh, he gets a message from the guy uh, from this one guy, Berke Toka Temur, and this is and this is news about. Uh, Ulus news from Batu's domain, and and this news apparently compares him to Khosro II, who was one of the last great shahs of the Safavid Empire, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good comparison, I guess. Although I would prefer it uh, comparing him to the first Khosro, just kind of straight, straight up flattery reasons. Actually, Extra History has a really good uh, series on uh, on Khosrow I, because Khosrow I actually gets to face off against Justinian, but... Anyways, uh, back to the main story. There's some music, and uh, there's some music and partying, and Ogul Gamish, uh, Guyuk's wife, she's trying to continue to make case for, uh, case for her uh, kids. But there's a bit more support for Monka as he's named, and then there's some feasting at the feasting at the meeting because why not? The Mongols love the party anyway. And then the brothers are, and then and then his brothers are appointed to head things, and then the Persians walk in, and then they're, of course, uh, and. And they're of course kiss, uh, kissing uh, Monka's ass because, well, he's the new guy in charge. Why not? And then there's a, a, a but unfortunately, as they're meeting, uh, they hear of a revolt that kills Elchite, which isn't great. But uh, Koja marches in on the rebellion, crushes it, and but unfortunately, and then they try to uh, look into the papers of uh, what exactly is going on with this rebellion, and guess whose uh, fingers in the rebellion uh, papers? Um, Ogu Gamish. So now we've got basically uh, proof of her uh, trying to initiate treason against the new Han. That's not exactly a great look for her. And then there's a lot of and, and and then she's summoned to court, and she's kind of dreading the whole thing, not surprising. And so she rides, and she rides with a little bit of a guard. And meanwhile, the Uyghurs try to revolt, and they're busted about five seconds later. And the I believe the leader is, and I and I believe the leader is arrested. And rebels are, and then uh, Koja is exempted from campaign for a little while because, well, hey, you did some good stuff. You crushed the rebellion that happened to be affiliated with Ogo Gamish. No big deal. And then they, and then uh, Giovanni briefly describes uh, the vast wealth of the Chinggisids. And of course, they're pretty rich. And an ogle, an ogle apparently tries to leverage some stuff for uh, 
leverage some stuff to get a job over Hulegu. And apparently this works for whatever reason. I'm guessing that Monk is just trying to placate her to just get her to shut up for five seconds about her amazing lineage that keeps on getting drunk off its ass. And then, uh, and then there's uh, a little bit of talk about this guy by the name of Keshnik. He's made uh, Tarhan, and he, and then there's new armies appointed, and uh, and Hulagu with officially being in charge of what is becoming the Ilhanate. He goes off to wreck the Abbasids, which shouldn't be too hard because they're not exactly what they used to be. And then they talk about uh, talk a bit about Ar Argun, who actually is one of Hulegu's uh, little uh, subordinates on the ground. And there's some censusing and some assessment for the taxes. And then the decrees and the passports come in. And, uh, and then the decrees and passports from Genghis's day are rescinded. Because why are we following the decrees and passports of the dead guy in the room? Don't ask me. And then there's uh, and 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 then uh, and then uh, some new decrees. Um, some new bribes. Uh, the bribes are out. Uh, some bribes are outlawed. And there's all, and within these decrees, I believe there's a lot of respect for the Muslims. And then there's more praising a monk by Jumani. Hardly surprising, considering that's his boss's boss. And some merchants are in the area. They get, they get some great. De they had some great deals under Guyuk, and unfortunately, these were pretty unfilled because of his death. And Monka is actually asked to step in, and but he doesn't really have an obligation to do it. But because all well, he's a generous and reasonably nice guy, he decides to give them some money anyway. And then there's some more justification of Giovanni justifying Hulegu's actions over in over in the Middle East, which is going to be. Not great for uh, not great for the Abbasids down there. And then Kublai is actually sent on a mission to bust up the song, which is going to take some time, but eventually he's going to be the conqueror of, of them, and then that's going to give the foundation to his uh, Yuan dynasty, which will allow him to succeed Monka upon Monka's death. But that's a few years down the line, so let's not think about that too much. And um, they're here describing uh, Kublai's army, which is diverse, well-supplied. There's a bit of a lavish uh, pre-campaign feast for Kublai, and the officers are being appointed. And then they, and then they raise on one city, I believe, Tun in about a week. And Argun uh, feasts because... Um, why not? And uh, his boss Hulegu is doing pretty well anyway. So, and and then there and and he, while he's feasting out the month over in I believe Ustu, uh, he 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 gets some he he gets he gets no warnings about some needed evacuation from the city because it's being attacked. By I believe uh, Rukin Adin and uh, and the uh, and uh, and and some resistance coming from Alamut, but Rukin Adin is uh, but Rukin Adin is pushed back, and then Alamut. This is the stronghold of the Hassani Saba. They are attacked, and the whole uh, and the Alamut is this very strong fortress. It's Bristol in defenses, but the Mongols, who are aces at siege warfare at this point, take it down eventually after a brutal siege. But they man, but Giovanni, who is with them um, with the Mongols at this time, he manages to actually save Alamut's library. 
And then the Caliphate just keeps on getting smashed by the Mongols. And it's this vicious lightning war, just everything goes wrong for for the Caliphate, for the Hassani Saba, and uh, Rukin Adin, he's he's unfortunately on his last legs. He run he he runs before the Mongols and and, and but as he's trying to but as he's trying to run and then he gets blocked by the Mongols and he's trying to get onto a little bit of reasonable terms right as uh, Alamut's being attacked. But then he's blocked by the fanatics over in Alamut, who happen to be the members of the Hassani Saba uh, cult of sorts. And Hulagu's like, well, hoping you guys don't mind, I'm just going to keep on besieging Alamut while I'm here. But Rukunadin keeps on trying to surrender while fanatics inside uh, go, su- go suicidal. But this is all for naught. Because everything is just wrecked, and then they get um, and then the Mongols get a message from Shamzad Din of uh, Kulistan. He asks for uh, asks for some decree, and as the spoilers are distributed, he and then. The and then Giovanni talks briefly about the Asani Saba, who are basically the inspiration behind Assassin's Creed. So they're kind of notorious for some very underhanded assassinations, and are actually known as a fairly heretical movement to basically every other uh, denomination of Islam. So it's not surprising that Giovanni is kind of is kind of pissed about them and keeps on waxing about how stupid they are for trying to face off against the Mongols and being of the wrong faith and all that jazz. And then they, and then right here, um, Giovanni tries to document uh, their history. And this is kind of, and th- and this is kind of in the post-Rashidun Caliphate era, so this is about uh, the Eighth century, the the eighth century, and and the and I believe uh, this is right when the Umayyads are sort of establishing themselves, and then not too long after that, the Abbasids. And the right and right here, this is um, and this whole thing is just started by a by a mag. This whole. Ruckus is uh, started by a magi. He's uh, magi. He's spreading doubt. Uh, he's spreading doubt within the caliphate, and he adopts uh, some Greek and Persian thought, and then he splits from the Sunnis for a while. And this magi, I believe, his name is Abdullah. He does some astronomy and some self-education. And he and then they try to hand them the crescent moon as a standard, and he's. But he doesn't really need it, and the Shia, basically, uh, disavow him, and he goes over to meet with the Abbasids, and, and with the Abbasid governor over in Medina. And that. And then he and then and there's a attempt I believe to get him killed, and Abdullah I believe uh, Ismail is he's declared of course not dead. And then they and then they talk here about uh, and then Giovanni the, talks here about uh, the Shia for a little bit. They follow this one guy. He's about right now at the moment that uh, he's named Musa Musa, and he is threatened and imprisoned by the Abbasids, and he dies in prison. I guess he just didn't kill himself. Probably not great. And the Ismailis um go on some big trekking and a little bit of polygamy, which is why I just said they're just straight up going Mormon. Let's just face it. <laughs> And there's um and and as and the Shia tried to advance to crush the Ismailis or Hassani Saba, whatever you want to call them. 
and their imams, and then there's uh, and then there's a little bit of reverence of the uh, Shia imams, and of course, and and there's some more widespread conversion to Islam, and then they describe a another sect here, the Carmathians, and they appear pretty near to God. And then they and and then as they revolt the uh, Ismailis or Asani Saba, they keep on preaching all over the place. Just kind, it's kind of, hey, we're hey, we may be from we may be from Almut, this crazy little fortress, but we're going to keep on just preaching here and preaching all over the place. And they're actually welcomed with some reasonable popularity. And then there's, and then there's some, and then there's some more stuff here about uh, one guy who's named Bu Abdallah Sufi, Tasib. He actually revolts with um, one guy by the name of Yusuf, and he's and he's actually, I believe, put to death by uh, the Ismailis, who are who and their leader. Ismail Abdullah Ismail, he's actually just based, and he's by now being called the Mahdi, which is pretty important in Islam. That's basically their equivalent of the Messiah. And then they, and then I believe the Mahdi, no, so the, and, and the, and then, and the, and the Mahdi, uh, he reigns unopposed for quite for quite a while, and then eventually he dies, and he is succeeded by Kaim. And unfortunately, they get a little bit of a revolt from whatever little land they have from um, this guy by the name of Abu Yazid, and then Kaim dies, which isn't great. But Al Mansur actually restores order and. Amansur Ismail, he restores order and he kills Abu Yazid. And then his son Al Muiz Abu Tamim uh, Ma'ad succeeds and then he briefly takes over Egypt. Not too shabby. And then his successor um, Al Aziz Abu Mansur uh, Najjar, he fights Syria, he wins. And he makes fun of, and he makes fun of this, and makes fun of Aziz, who is a little bit too angry or angsty, whatever you want to call it. And apparently that goes a little far, and he gets brutally punished, and then dies in the midst of that punishment. Not a great way to teach a lesson if your guy's dead, but anyways, there you go. And then there's some. And then there's uh, some uh, stuff about uh, um, uh, uh, about the, about uh, Abu Mansur's uh, successor, his son Hakin Abu Ali Mansur, who comes in at the age of eleven. He's cruel to Egypt, and he's forced out of Cairo by basically this mass protest. And the police officially states some major bribes, and there, and then the local anti-Muslims they unfortunately aren't being treated well there. And uh, Hakim is paranoid about a plot to kill him. Surprise, surprise! It comes in and actually well gets him killed. And the slaves, uh, and then the slaves uh, guard the. Uh, uh, guard the caliph, and then there's. And then they get a new, and then the I believe the son uh, they get the new leader by the name of Zahir. For a little bit, and then they get uh, Al Qadr. Anyways, um, I'm going to have to actually uh, discontinue th this and leave us here with the continuing early history of the Sani Saba because well, I'm running out of time and. Anyways, uh, check us out on all our social media, follow us, uh, and uh, support our stuff on Anchor, and 
use an NFC. So anyways, I guess I'm just going to leave it here. As with the early history of the Sani Saba, as things are just going down. I'm going to probably continue this tomorrow. Love you guys. Uh, love, you, love you guys anyways. Stay safe and socially distanced from the coronavirus. Bye. If you like this segment of the Mongols podcast, be sure to follow me on Twitter at YoungBards101, like our Facebook page at History with Sam J. Morganstern, and follow us on Tumblr at GoSJM42 on Mongol, Go SGM42 Mongol History. You can also support us on Anchor or Patreon. As always, our sources are in the description, and we also have rewards for our patrons ranging from shoutouts to polls. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. And as always, Blue Heaven wills everything.